there is only one queen. Long live Queen Elizabeth. God save the queen. All that's happened on my watch is the place has fallen apart. The Crowncast, a new watch-along podcast series from News Talk. The Crown. The Crown. The Crown must win. Hello and you're very welcome to episode 5 of The Crowncast with Kira Kelly, News Talk's podcast that looks back at series 4 of The Crown, pulls it apart and takes out the good bits. Today on episode 5 we are joined by Jess Kelly, technology correspondent and reporter Henry McKean to discuss this particularly slightly unusual episode I would suggest, Fagan, uh, an episode that has quite an in-depth look at the life of, of a person we haven't been introduced before who is a, who is a random bloke in London who who is having a fairly bleak existence. Um, Jess, Henry, you're both very welcome. Can I come to you first, Henry? What did you make of this episode? It's, it was a bit of a departure from from what we've mm. seen before. Well, Kira, it was dark. It was grimy. It was miserable. Um, but I loved it. I really did. And it could have been standalone. It could have been a completely, you know, film on its in its own right. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, what it's about is, is about a man, a desperate man, breaking into Buckingham Palace to try and have a chat with the Queen. And of course it's true, and, and I am old enough, sadly, to remember it as a huge news story. It was covered all around the world. Jess, you were only a spring chicken, so you won't remember any of this. Do you agree? It was obviously quite bleak and quite dark. Did you think it was brilliant? Did you love it? Yeah, I did. Do you know what? I kind of needed the break from the Diana, Charles, Camilla thing. I was also getting a little bit frustrated. I, I kind of wanted something to happen. I wanted a wow moment, and it came. It's quite like the, um, the episode-based in Wales in the previous series where it just takes you out of the royal bubble. I loved everything about this episode. I was hooked in from the word go with the use of the archive news footage and then they jump into a bit of the cure. It's just, it, it is very captivating. As Henry says, it kind of you, you almost forget it's part of the wider series, if you know what I mean. You're just sucked in. But I did, did that do that thing of the classic Google of like, did this actually happen? Because I heard yourself and Shane kind of um, busting a few myths for, from the, the first episode. And like, I wasn't born when a lot of this stuff happened. So I was doing the Google. And I, I was both interested that it was true and also a little bit heartbroken because um, Michael Fagan, the, the man who broke in, played by um, Tom Brooke, He's such a tragic figure and your heart really yeah. does go out to him, even though what he does is not ideal. Yes. Uh, he, 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 we talked yesterday, myself and, and Kieran Cudahy, when we talked about episode four, about the, the, the mechanics of the crown, how they use lots of sort of metaphors and comparisons and things to highlight things. And I think there's a lot of that in this episode. It, it, it portrays at times the kind of the parallels and the comparisons mm. between Fagan's life and obviously the royal life and and they, they Henry they couldn't be more different Fagan how, even how he interacts mm. with the rest of society how he interacts at the Dole office how he interacts yeah, with his MP and, uh, and and the and the bloke who fixes the the plumbing or whatever it is in the in the flat uh, absolutely he's uh, powerless and everyone mm. just discounts him and you're right I mean this was 80s Britain and when we look back in the 80s we look back with nostalgia but I grew up in the UK in the 1980s in England and in Scotland and I remember I was I was a child I was young but I remember 80s the 80s in England and Scotland and it was it was it was miserable that there was a lot of poverty in Scotland um, there was a lot of poverty in Northern England and in the south of England uh, because of um, Thatcherism because of Mrs Thatcher and what she did 
and this character, Michael Fagan, brilliantly, just this one guy, yeah. it, it, it represents, you could say, half of Britain and his anger with where Britain is going, with Thatcher and with the Queen. And, and I actually just thought it was so well put together. And I know it Jess mentioned clever. the music. The music was fantastic too. Oh yeah, we'll get to the music in just a second. But it was clever, wasn't it? Because Fagan, as you say, personifies that disaffected, disenfranchised Britain. He talks, and we won't jump forward to the scene quite yet, but he talks at one stage later on in the episode about how it's gone, kindness is gone, mm. and community is gone, and, and you know there is no state to protect me anymore. And it mirrors very much what Thatcherism was about. Thatcher had said there is no society anymore, it's an economy, and she 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 didn't care about the collective as much as as individuals kind of you know pursuing wealth on their own and and so the haves and the have-nots in Thatcher's Britain had very different experiences and and the royals more so than any, I would suggest. I kind of watched this, Kira, this episode as if I was doing my junior cert all over again and I had to write a paper for you on it. <laughs> I was like, what are the themes and what am I picking up? And the first thing that I kind of got was that sort of pathetic fallacy thing of where Fagan lives is grey. He gets up out mm. of bed, everything is grey. He puts a dirty blanket around him, that's kind of grey. He goes into a room that is grey. He lights up a cigarette in a grey room versus everything that we'd seen in all the other episodes up to this point which was gold and red and brightly lit and perfect and I just think that juxtaposition really kind of hammered home and I had heard obviously and have heard a lot about Thatcher's um, Britain and what life was like obviously when she passed away a lot of that archive footage kind of came to the fore and as Henry says I think the actor playing Fagan really managed to personify that grimness, that lack of hope, but also seeing how he's interacted with by other people as well. If you look yeah. at the MP, if you look at the woman in the Dole office, he doesn't give two tosses what he is or who he is. As long as he hasn't been working in the last two weeks, he gets his stamps and on he goes. And I think that sort of anonymity within um, England at the time, particularly when it was thousands and thousands of people, yeah. it's very, very easy, now I don't want to sympathise with him, but it is easy to see how he got to that point of just, oh sure look, I may as well. Official dumb didn't care about this bloke, mm. did it? I mean at every turn, anybody in an official position that he interacted with apart from the Queen perhaps, utterly dismissed him. Yeah, and I, I just thought, you know, and I don't want to jump the gun here, but there's one um, line from Prince Philip in this episode, you know, he talks to the Queen about Margaret Thatcher. Um, the Queen says, oh, Thatcher, the Prime Minister was here. And Philip says, oh, I hope you rolled out the red carpet. And again, you, you look back at how um, Michael Fagan had been treated, where people don't open a door for him, they don't even look him in the eye when he's talking. And it's just the tale of, of two Britons, I suppose. And the fact that, you know, he was a... Go on, Kira. No, well, all I was going to say is, and Henry, one of the things that sort of happens during this episode is Thatcher, who had been unbelievable, you know, considering how populist, we're used to populist politicians now, we're not used to really unpopular ones being successful, but Thatcher was unpopular but in power for years and years and years through through the through the, um, the, the minor mm, strikes, yep. the poll taxes and all that. But the Falklands moved things along. I, I'm glad you mentioned you know, the, the Falklands because it's so true. She was Conservative leader for, I think, four years, then she became Prime Minister. She was deeply unpopular. She tried to change Britain, she says, for the better, uh, but she got rid of the Union she fought and fought and fought. She was a hated figure, not just here in the Republic of Ireland, Northern Ireland and Scotland, you name it, uh, Northern England. They hated her. And this painter, decorator, um, he also hated her. And I suppose all he wanted to do was 
basically tell Thatcher or tell the establishment how unhappy uh, he felt and how um, everyone else felt. And the Falklands, you're right, the Falklands was a ruse. I was never a fan of the Falklands War. Thatcher used the Falklands and I think 900 uh, people died in that war on both sides, Argentinian and British. For what? For a bit of land. For what? Just to keep the the idea of the empire going and to keep her in power, uh, to but get the, all that. The empire yeah. is an idea that keeps things mm. going because we saw that scene where out on the street, and this was kind of his turning point where he was having this miserable existence and, yeah, you know, everybody kind of hated Maggie Thatcher. But then the Falklands, they won the Falklands and people were singing Rule Britannia and Maggie, 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 oi, oi, oi on the streets. So people were rallying behind Thatcher now, who was this kind of hated figure. And you could see him going, what is this? Mm. Like, am I completely out of step with my whole society, with my whole community, with my whole life, with my family, with everyone I know? And he, and he was in that kind of headspace when, when he... And you'd have to be in quite the headspace to break into the Queen, of course. But that <laughs> seemed to be a turning point in Thatcher's Britain, where Thatcher... People started warming, not everybody, obviously, but maybe those who were doing well out of it and those who... who kind of were rallying to the to the patriotism of the Falklands. People did get behind Thatcher for a while. No, they did. They did. And when when we when we take that, when we take the fact that a lot of people benefited, the whole remember the whole loads of money. Um, a lot of people yeah. in the south of England became very rich. The yuppies, the yuppies, the yuppies, and the Ford Escorts and the Golf GTIs. I remember. I, I even know people who did quite well out of the Thatcher's Britain, mainly in the south of England. They got very rich very quickly, and obviously that the crash did eventually happen, like it did here. But but this guy, this 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 Michael Fagan lad, you know, he separated from his wife and kids. He had a really really tough time and the story the, the the story is brilliant not only because it's true but we don't know how true the story is because Michael Fagan changes his story and has done in in and recently actually I think he told the Daily Mail different stories but the Queen the Queen obviously doesn't do interviews so we don't no. know exactly what happened which gives the crown creative license to actually make us um you know make a brilliant which of course 50 minutes been of mu- uh, much debate about but mm. some of the scenes that stood out for me was like for example the scene in the playground where where Fagan sees his ex-wife or ex-partner with their kids they're in a playground uh, and her new partner and, and the new partner is chatting away to the kids and he reacts kind of viscerally he jumps over the the, the the playground wall and goes over as if to kind of start on the on the new man and his his mm. wife's life but of course he gets his head smacked in and, and, he, and he's kind of humiliated and he, he, he kind of I don't know, crawls away almost. That was a, a, a deeply sad sort of dark scene, wasn't it? There was very, it was really a lot of grimness to all of that. I think they were visual rep- representations, though, of how he felt he was being treated by society yeah. as a whole. And I think there were a few altercations between the new partner and himself. You know, there's the one in the pub as well, and. I found that the levels of humanity in this episode from all the characters actually um, was more authentic than we'd seen in previous episodes. And I think that is because Tom Brooke, the actor, did such a good job. He just seems so down on his luck. And no matter what he tries, he tries to go into a pub for a drink and he ends up in a row. He tries to walk by a playground, he ends up in a row. He tries to get his dole and he ends up in a row. Like there's just, he is the definition of down on your luck. But, but in saying that, another example of fantastic casting. I'm mm, sorry, Henry, but yeah, another, yeah. like the casting has been superb throughout. Well, do, do we think so? Because I, I, I kind of want to talk to you about this now, Kira. I'm not wild about Maggie Thatcher. 
Really? Too I'm much. not. Okay, do, do you know why? I have been watching it and I kind of feel like Gillian Anderson is doing an impression, a really good impression, and then therefore not acting. And I know that sounds dumb and I know people will disagree with me, but I can't... I, I'm not buying into the storyline. I'm not buying into the emotion of those deep, awkward moments between her and the Queen because I'm just like, geez, she's nailing that impression. Everyone else is kind of taking elements of the persona and the character and doing their own thing with it. Whereas I feel like she is just a control C, control V of it. What, what do you think, Henry? Do you I, think I actually felt, I remember Maggie Thatcher, I remember those years, I felt that's what Margaret Thatcher was like. She wasn't, I know people have said that, a lot of critics have said that it's like spitting image, but that's what Thatcher was like. She spoke like that. She, she you know, spoke with that kind of, I can't, I'm going to She needs try some strepsils urgently, Thatcher. that's what but, she needs. She did actually talk like that and she acted like that. She was a strange, uh, powerful I think, woman who, I think she hated everyone. She hated the <laughs> Upper classes. She hated the working her classes. Her daughter. She, all the she, well, the only person that she liked was her dad. She kept talking about her dad. And Mark. And, and Mark, Mark. And Mark. Was and, and her such son. A loser. Um, I'm with Henry because I actually think Thatcher was very affected. I think she was acting at, at the time. She was the greengrocer's daughter that 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 that. And she had elocution le- lessons. Mm. She did, and and she was over enunciating all the time in in real life. So, for a more natural version of Thatcher, if and I think Gillian Anderson is well capable of doing a more natural yeah. version of Thatcher. I don't know it would be a real reflection of Thatcher because I think Thatcher was affected. I I, I think she was performative, and uh, you know, it, it, in herself at the time. So I, I think that that's possibly what's going on. Yeah, perhaps I'm wrong. And I suppose the other thing as well is that she's the, the, of all the prime ministers that we've seen, aside from maybe Churchill, she's the one that I've seen depicted in the media and on the media as much, you know, the most out of all of them. So I wonder if there's an element of that. But I just, I, I, there's something about it. Every time she's on, I kind of get shivers down my spine of like, ugh, but maybe that's the point. I know. <laughs> she's a Not very unlikable <laughs> character. She really is. And I think uh, Gillian Anderson brings that out and it's just every scene with Thatcher is awkward with Mm. the media uh, with her family with the Queen uh, with everyone and everything that she does is aggressive and she's going against the grain Uh, and I suppose that's what makes this episode so brilliant because it, 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 it brings in the fact that yeah Thatcher Thatcher is a nasty nasty bitch and let's just put that on screen I don't think anyone's going to defend her, in fairness. Um, one of you, I don't can't remember which, mentioned the music earlier. Yeah, I the loved cure. the music of this. Mm. The Cure, and the, ska. Uh, the specials, there was ska, there was reggae. It was very of its time, but but it brought me right back and, and to how good the music was in the 80s. Yeah, th- like this is, although I wasn't around, this is my kind of music. And just the second that, that um, the, the Cure song, Boys Don't Cry, kicked in, I was like, oof, I'm in, I'm fully in. Yeah. And I think that's the that's something that really does bring this episode to life because all the sort of polite bits of music that kind of weave in and out of the other episodes and just the perfection of all the other episodes doesn't really give you a sense of what the UK was like in the 80s it's whereas brilliant. I feel like this is you can almost imagine being there you know and I think the music really does lift it in a way that it just wouldn't have been the same without it. And, and it does. Yeah. It brings it on. It brings it on and it brings out the, the greyness, the griminess, the misery that was England. And also the music was great. And as we just heard there from Jess, using the cure like that right at the start, 
absolutely brilliant and and protest reggae songs as well through it anti thatcher anti establishment um which this particular episode was all about which i suppose brings me uh, to why we love netflix and why we love the crown so much and i got netflix for one reason, and that was for the crown. I didn't have it before. Uh, Henry, Nothing really? else. Come That's on. the reason why I got it. Back in 2016, I thought, right, I'm going to have to get Netflix now because this crown thing. And the fact that they spent you, 100 million on it, um, the same as the real royal family. the nostalgia, Henry, because obviously you, you were living in, in the UK, you know, you're you're a little older than than, than Jessica. I am. Uh, I, think but, that's, I think I've got 10 years on her. You do, yeah. Well, just, <laughs> just a little. Just a little. But, but, do, but, but so, so are you, are you loving the nostalgicals? No, that, I am. That, that and and like, I, I know I'm, I'm talking about my experience because everyone's, you know, linking their experience to the show. Uh, I met Charles and Diana, the only time I ever met Diana in 1988 as a schoolboy in Glasgow Cathedral. Uh, I won a raffle in school and seeing Die, I know Die isn't really in this particular episode, but seeing Die, um, you know, in the flesh, she does have this electricity and it just blows you away. Uh, and so, yeah, I am, I do feel wedded. I know that's the wrong word as well because obviously their marriage fell apart, but I, I really <laughs> do, uh, I, I do love uh, the, the crown. Not that know, I love the royals, but I really love it. Do you know, oddly, and this is, I don't know what this means or says, but but I actually get the, the adulation of die better from watching the crown than I did at the time because at the time... I thought she was a bit of a wet. Uh, I thought her hair was flicky and kind of silly looking. I, I, I didn't really buy into the princessy bit at all. And I, I, I was quite disinterested. Really? In you didn't like her? Yeah. No, no, I didn't, I didn't dislike her, but I'm not a royalist, Henry. And, and yeah. I didn't, I didn't care about her and I didn't quite get why she was on the cover of every magazine I didn't think mm. she was the most beautiful woman in the world I didn't I didn't I, I was more indifferent to her than that but I, she was I purely liked her she was purely a plaything for the media and I think that is coming across yeah, very well but, but I I didn't get it, but but yeah. I kind of get it now because within the royal family and within looking at the royal family under, I suppose, the microscope of the crown, I get that the rest of them lacked charisma, lacked mm. looks, la- lacked warmth. And so they latched on to Diana like you wouldn't believe it. But because I hadn't paid much attention to the rest of them either, I didn't really understand what the attraction to Diana was for people, but I kind of get it better now. I have to say, I, I'm finding the scenes with Diana and Charles very, very difficult to watch. Obviously, we're seeing her battle with bulimia which is something that like unfortunately I'm quite aware of and I just think watching those scenes watching the way she is a plaything for the royal family and for the media is so distressing and I think that's why I was so grateful for this episode because you know when this season started um, I've kind of gone down the rabbit hole the YouTube rabbit hole of Princess Diana (laughs) and I've watched every documentary every news yeah I'm like that though the top of the charts on Netflix we see I I get obsessed with things though I guess like I I don't just watch one documentary I read 25 so books on YouTube. I'm, I'm fact checking, yeah. You're checking. Uh, and I just find it all so tragic and I'm, I'm kind of almost finding it difficult to separate the entertainment from the tragedy that was her existence. Even, fact versus Yeah, fiction. I find it really difficult. But to I think say. it's okay if it's not all factual because at the end of the day they're making a drama and it's not all yeah, going to be true. Mm. And the thing is if we we all know what happens to die in the end. She dies in the car crash which was absolutely no awful. No spoilers, Henry. Um, <laughs> but but the, the fact it, it changed the royal family you could say forever because at that yeah. time back in 1997 the queen uh, she fell out of favour with the public 
it all basically went tits up for them. Um, but now it's longevity. Everyone loves the Queen again. And when she does eventually die, when she passes away, I know people who live in, in the Republic of Ireland who live in Meath that will fly. Well, they can't fly at the moment, but they'll travel over to her funeral. So there is a lot of love for the Queen. And my understanding, members of the royal family have seen uh, the crown. They'll deny it. They'll say, no, no, we haven't seen it. Any of them are, are asked. They'll deny seeing it, but they have seen it. And I actually do think um, the, the royal family overall in this TV series, even though it's not true, not all of it's true, they come out quite well. I think the royals know, come out quite well. My favourite bit know, of this entire... how much you like them. Sorry, yeah. go on, Jess. No, my favourite episode, uh, my favourite part in this entire episode is with Prince Philip, who I love in this series like I am obsessed with them my favourite thing is when the Queen is saying you know oh we have to mix with the public and I get a lot from the public and then Prince Philip just goes gloves on and it just (laughs) makes me so happy that mechanic again it's where she has the, unglo- the ungloved shaking of the hands yeah. with Fagan when he gets to the bedroom because that's we are talking about episode 5 where Fagan breaks into the bedroom and that conversation that that that, that sort of parallel as well between the garden party and mm. I thought there was a good few parallels with that garden party one is we're listening to the cure we're listening to the specials the royals are listening to brass bands play God Save the Queen so they're yeah. out of touch with pop culture and, and modernity and all that but the gloves on and then later on a very normal although bizarre in a way conversation with Fagan, unvarnished, un, un sort of curated by, by by officials, and then the ungloved handshake. It, it's quite clever, the crown. The way I mean, it, they miss nothing. Like that, they they could avail. Be contrived, yeah. yes, but 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 it's quite clever at the same time. They, yeah, they avail of every opportunity to kind of exploit that emotional connection that the viewer has to the screen. I actually yeah. thought that scene in the bedroom when Fagan does break into the bedroom is one of the best scenes uh, uh, with Olivia Coleman as the Queen. I think she just did so well um, I think she's getting better and better she is she, yeah. na- she nails that scene and she I would does, agree with yeah. Jess uh, the fact that Fagan sits on the end of the bed and then they almost have a dance and the Queen sits down almost like as if it's the throne but it's not the throne it's just a chair and Fagan is there too and they just have a normal chat and they get rid of all the bull and they just have a chat and they work things out uh, and I think and that's course- a lovely 10 minutes a brilliant 10 minutes yeah and the Queen, of course, challenges Thatcher after, well, well according mm. to the Crown, she does about, <laughs> about the effects on society and all that kind of stuff. But then ends up towards the end when, when Thatcher has the, sort of the victory parade that the Queen isn't bizarrely even at, which you would think she would be. A um, little bit of jealousy there. Oh, you'd be bullying. Kira, you'd be absolutely <laughs> raging. I'd be standing there with a dartboard with her face on it. I would be absolutely peeved off and I think the Queen is dead right to be peeved off and I think what's adding to the Queen's jealousy is the fact that Philip is such a fanboy of Thatcher as well Um, so I love that sort of dynamic I think Philip is the glue that's holding this series all together never mind your Dianas I actually think I don't like him I've never liked him in real life as as a as a I don't know him obviously Mm. but but the the way he comes across is not particularly appealing in real life but I like him in this a huge amount can I ask you one last thing because I know we're nearly out of time watching it as 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 one-offs or watching it in a binge fashion uh, what do you both think of that because I thought I because, particularly because I was doing the podcast The Crowncast you know I've binged quite a bit mm. on The Crown to kind of make sure that I was ahead of it and that I, I could you know 
I suppose, properly talk about it and everything. But in an episode like Fagan, I kind of think it deserved a standalone view with maybe a bit of reflection. There's so much going on. Um, there's so, like my boyfriend pointed out, there's always like an A plot and a B plot in most of the episodes. This is one of the mm. few episodes that just has the main plot of it. And I think when you binge watch it, I regret binge watching the first four because your brain is kind of at capacity and you don't get that time to sort of mull over the different dynamics, the some of the questions. I do think that The Crown made a mistake here by not making it week by week issue a new one, similar to what Disney did yeah, with The Mandalorian. Yeah, that, that, that is a great idea. And I, I didn't binge because once it's over, I would feel really, really sad. So I, I actually watched Fagan twice. Could you believe it? I watched it twice. Aww. I enjoyed it that much. And just the music. And I know in previous episodes, you've talked about pop music. We're talking about pop music again. But Diana, Diana, obviously played by Emma Corrin, uh, Diana did love Duran Duran. She loved the pop music. So I love that. But I'm actually holding back. Like, I don't want to go off now and watch uh, episode six because it means we're coming closer to the end. Yeah, you'll be waiting so, so long I'm, for I'm, the next I'm one. I'm savouring them. Yeah. I'm actually holding back and savouring them. I think they're that good. And even in the past, I've gone back to the very, very first episode and watched them. I know my father-in-law, who's since passed away, we bought him the DVD and, and he watched that and we watched it with him. And I love watching uh, The Crown with people, not mm. on my own, because that way we can chat and go, did that really happen? I know, and Google it. <laughs> Google it. I, I actually do like watching it, watching it with my wife, not on my own, because watching it on your own, like this Fagan episode, God, it was great. God, it was dark. God, it was miserable. But I loved it mm-hmm. all the same. It brought me right back. I, I, I totally agree. And I remember the guys with the docks and the rolled up jeans and the parkas. <laughs> and, and, and do you remember, the, maybe you don't, but there used to be like a target on the back that would say something referring to the beat or the specials or all of that ska. Uh, that was part of my my early early teenage years, and um, yeah, a, a good one. I think we can all agree. Yes, a good one. Thank you very much to News Talk's tech correspondent Jess Kelly and to News Talk reporter Henry McKean. Uh, also, the only person who has met any of the <laughs> yeah, Jess, you haven't met any royals, have you? Sadly, not. They're, no. they're actually no. quite nice in real life. Just, just want yeah, to say I'll that. Take I've your never word met the first. Queen. My dad met the Queen, just to say very quickly. My dad got really? to meet the Queen because my granddad got an OBE and he went to Buckingham Palace. Wow. And he Get said, out of Yeah, town. in 1966. And my dad said Prince Philip was, Philip was absolutely charming. Uh, oh, oh, hold on. We can't end. You, your, your granddad has an OBE. My granddad Does has an OBE. A, is that making him a sir? Order of uh, the British Empire or other buggers' efforts, as it's called. And it was for his work <laughs> in the RAF in South Africa and also uh, for his work uh, in British Airways. So you can't I, just spring that at the at end. At the end of the bloody phenomenal. episode. Come on, Henry. I, 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 oh, sir Henry McKean, what I'm I trying to say is you properly. I, I never got to meet the Queen. I've seen the Queen in real life and she's like a tiny little granny on Moore Street. And she was so small <laughs> when she was in Trinity College in 2011. But I've, I've, never, I've never actually met the Queen. But my dad's got to meet them all, but not me. Just a few. Wow. Met Di, met Di in 88. Look, look, thank you both so much. A tiny little granny on Moore Street. We're going to leave it right there. <laughs> uh, episode five, Fagan. Uh, the podcast will be up very soon. Um, thank you all for listening. And episode six of The Crowncast will be out towards the end of the week. The Crowncast, a new watch-along podcast series from News Talk. The Crown. The Crown. The Crown must win.